Hello, dear listener. Welcome to the Race Department Podcast. We are back after our summer break. Yes, it's September 2021 and it's time for Season 3, Episode 8. Hope everybody is well and hasn't missed us too much. Uh, But while we've been away, there has been a lot of news in the sim racing world, which is typical, but it means that we've got a lot to talk about. So, you know I have to introduce the other two, okay? And I'm sorry about this. So, well, actually one of them is okay. It's the other one. Right, first up, all the way from Portugal, though he doesn't live there anymore, it's Danny Montiero. Hello, hello. Good to be back and I hope I'm the one or not the other. Well, I don't know. Ma- ma- you maybe, you're, maybe you're the one, I think. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not the one that's, you know, that likes to hound developers. So um, we know who he is, don't we? Mm-hmm. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. Not too bad. Just enjoying the summer that's over already. So, But yeah, I've been sim racing a lot lately, so can't complain. Can't complain. The good sim well, racing weather is back, which is just grey and rainy. Well, actually, here it's a bit strange because... Um, <laughs> I did. I, I took part in a 10-hour uh, event with Jimmy Broadbent and Jardier on Saturday. I, I was honoured to ask to, to to take part for a team. Nice. Uh, and uh, James Baldwin, the um, the fastest, the fastest gamer, driver. Oh, mate, he's on another. He's on another planet. Like he's he's genuinely an alien. That is the speed that that man was yeah, just unreal. Yeah, but he, he also drives well in the, on the real tracks, so. It's not surprise. Yes, yes, he does. He's he does. Good. But um, yeah, I, I did that, and then Sunday walked out of my house thinking it was just going to be a pulp, you know, like a twenty-two degrees. It was lovely, and then today down south we've had twenty-seven as I've recorded this. Not bad, no. not here. So enjoy. Yeah, well, it's going to be like that tomorrow. Then it drops back down to the low, the low twenties. So uh, yeah, but you had a nice break, yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. Can't complain really. It's been it's been all right. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad we are back. So, uh, yeah, dear listener, the other one is waiting in the wings. Shall we say hello? I guess we must. It's the Italian stallion, Davide Nativo. Hello, everyone. I missed you guys so much. I missed you guys so much. I was waiting so much to record again. Well, not not really much with you, Paul, but I think, yeah, with I think, there, is, I think there are <laughs> tears. Yeah, if we had a camera on him, I think you would see tears right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was great. Before you ask, uh, I, well, I don't. I know that you won't ask, but yeah, I've had a great time. I was about to ask. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had a nice break? What's, what's the weather been like in Italy? Hot? Well, yes. the The weather has been very hot. Uh, just consider that uh, while you were saying that uh, the other day you were having 22 degrees, I'm having 23 right now. It's and it's 9 p.m. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, way better than uh, than before when we were recording the last yeah, episode. One of the, one of the reasons we take the break because we don't we're fed up here in your traffic. So and, 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 <laughs> yeah in the background and the toot toots and the sirens and everything else so there's only so much Rasmus can do <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but uh, um, yeah it was, it you must was be happy time. after this weekend because Ferrari have got above McLaren in the uh, Constructors Championship after Zandvoort so yeah I'll be honest quite quite unexpectedly because uh when they said that they were not gonna update the car anymore, I thought that they were gonna that they were uh, just dropping the competition with McLaren. But it seems that uh, 
we're still up for the challenge. So, well, I think um, I think what it is, those little circuits suit the Ferrari at the moment. You, that's where you're strong. Yes. If you look, if you look at the likes of Monaco, where Leclerc would have been on pole if he didn't put it in the wall, um, it, it, the car looks particularly strong there. And uh, and this season, Red Bull, you know, uh, predominantly have been strong at those kind of circuits, but seem to have a bit of a more of an even playing field. Uh, this season, which is why they're currently leading. Well, Max is leading the um, the, the title race, but uh, the constructors, uh, Mercedes, are currently leading the way. But oh God, Spa, what a what a nightmare that was. But as yeah. thought, it's a lovely looking track, but it, it was for me, it was a bit of a dull race. But uh, anyway, right. Um, so as I as I touched on at the start of this, there there is a lot to go through. So we've got NASCAR 21, and since that that announcement and the, around the release, the pre-order dates, there's also been um, a bit of content kind of slowly being fed out. And from what I've seen, people are actually a little bit positive towards it. Then we've got um, a set of Corsa on mobile, um, and there are still some kind of tidbits kind of out there about you know what's next for uh, a set of Corsa franchise. Then. The awaited Fanatec CSL DDD started landing in people's hands. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, as well as Thrustmaster throwing their hat into the direct drive ring as well. And then I want to just kind of discuss a little game that I came across recently called Circuit Superstars, um, which I bought and been had a few days playing. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And then, uh, yeah, any other bits and pieces. And, you know, for instance, Sim Racing Expo is just round the corner. So, um, with all that said, let's move on to the first topic. So, uh, as we all know, um, motorsport games purchased uh, the guys behind R-Factor 2 and... Uh, they announced a couple of games, the NASCAR and the IndyCar game, but the NASCAR game is the first that is coming to us and it's going to be available on the 28th of October. Just having to read the American dates the other way around because we do things slightly different here in the UK. Uh, but it's already available for pre-order. Uh, Danny, is it on your pre-order list? Are you intrigued? Are you going to... Um, you willing to give it a go? Uh I'm not intrigued enough to be on the pre-order list, but I'm curious enough to give it a try at some point because, the, like for those who know, iRacing started off as uh, well. The developers have been doing had been doing sim racing games before that, and it goes back to the NASCAR 2003 and uh, 2004, which at the time was quite the sim racing game. Uh, yeah, in those years, so I want to see if it's. Uh, if it's this new franchise is going to be, is going to bring something of that uh, kind of uh, experience since it's uh, more, maybe slightly sim oriented since it's been given to Studio 397 to, to do. So I'm a bit curious. I will probably watch some videos and maybe if it looks interesting enough, I might give it a try. Yeah, like I say, I mean, they've been posting a little bit of um, content recently on their social media. Uh, getting some of the NASCAR drivers involved as well. And, you know, visually, David Day, it looks on point. Yes, yes. I think that uh, from the 
uh, graphics point of view, uh, there is uh, little to be said aside from the fact that uh, it's uh, it's quite impressive. And uh, yeah, uh, it looks the part for sure. Uh, also the audio department uh, from the gameplay trailer that I've uh, looked uh, seemed, seemed quite spot on, I think. Uh, I don't know if you share my same impression, but I think that from those aspects, uh, I have nothing to to say against the title. I'm not quite convinced uh, at the uh, physics, and you know that's just uh, an as uh, how can I say it? an assumption. Let's say just uh, uh, an unofficial uh, statement, because of course, unless you try it, you cannot really, you know. Uh, judge something like the physics. The movement of the cars uh, seemed, uh, you know, uh, uh, I was wasn't entirely sure, but uh, we'll have to see when uh, when it's uh, gonna come out. Uh, how uh, they will actually play out the physics department, how it will actually be, and so the title play. Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've. When we've talked about these games being announced originally, Danny, I think that's the big thing for the sim racing community. It's 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 the physics. I mean, you, you, I mean, some games. I mean, you know, Project Cars Two can look unbelievably fantastic, and we're seeing that at the moment with Auto Blister Two as well. But there's still a few grumbles out there with the with the way that cars are handling. But you know, the the pedigree behind Studio Three Nine Seven has got to obviously give people a little bit of hope? Well, yes and no, because, you know, at the end of the day, well, yeah, of course, yes, because physics uh, make a difference in terms of the experience, as in the term, the, in terms of how detailed and setup changes can have, how dynamic weather can influence the racing and the rubber on track, etc. Uh, but of course, that's a very detailed and uh, specific kind of experience that doesn't really, no matter how much we we sim racers might think it's wrong. It doesn't appeal to the majority of the players of the game. So games like that might look amazing on a picture or on a video and then might not give us extreme sim racers the true feeling of detail and feedback. It might still be a good game overall because, I mean, if it reaches a lot of people, that's a success in, in as the as far as the makers of the games are concerned. But... For us, in here in particular, uh, it would be interesting to see because I've uh, ventured a tiny bit into the iRacing side of NASCAR and um, there can be quite a lot of arguments, a lot of keyboard warriors um, making themselves loud. loud. Well, on the internet? Yeah, could you believe it? No, about, get away. About the physics of iRacing on the oval side and the drafting and uh, things like this. So it's interesting to see a big another big NASCAR game coming up so that they can be compared and see what the actual uh, proper, properly experienced NASCAR sim racers will say. I'm actually waiting for for that debate. That's, that's going to be almost as interesting as the game itself, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Motorsport Games Chief Executive Dimitri Kozko, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but uh, has told people that, that, you know, it's going to be using Unreal 4 as well as Studio 397's proprietary physics package, which, you know, has been used with R-Factor 2. Um, 
So, you know, David Day, we know it's going to look superb. And I think we're, you know, kind of repeating ourselves here a little bit. But I think the proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. But I think even, even games that do have good uh, physics or force feedback or, you know, that they kind of combine as part of the package, there'll always be those people that don't like it. And there'll always be, you can't please everybody, can you? Yeah, yeah, that is uh, absolutely true. And, uh, you know, I think that Danny makes, uh, makes a very valid point. Uh, I think that the title, especially because it's, uh, well, we could say it's, it's not uh, uh, the first, uh, because uh, there have been uh, uh, others uh, in the, also in the very recent past, but uh, it's the first of a new... Um, series, we can say, of NASCAR games because of the new physics package and, uh, in general, the new direction that they're taking. So I think that uh, the, very, the most important thing for this one is that uh, it is enjoyable, that it is an enjoyable experience to play the eventually. The, I think that it's going to include a career mode or, you know, uh, something like that where, uh, you know, you can uh, go through the, the series uh, competing against uh, real AI drivers. <laughs> I mean, AI drivers with uh, that represent the real drivers in the series. So the important thing is that uh, it, it is an enjoyable title that uh, people uh, want to play, want to buy and uh, get them interested in, uh, in the sequel. The physics, uh, Danny is right. Uh, they're not, you know, um, uh, they're not something that uh, needs to be, you know, an hardcore simulation to be uh, to be a selling title or something that uh, that people enjoy. Uh, and we are, we have seen it with other with other games that. Uh, Maybe do not have the most realistic physics, realistic physics, sorry, but uh, they have very enjoyable career modes or uh, other um, uh, type of uh, experience in the game that uh, makes people uh, make people happy and uh, with their purchase. So uh, hopefully NASCAR 21 is gonna eat this mark in the enjoyability of the title itself. Yeah, and I think I think that's a good point you both made. I mean, NASCAR, I think, is, a, is about fun at the end of the day, and I think... Yeah, I think the game is aimed for the experience of NASCAR because it, they've, I've seen yeah, how they make all the yeah. tracks and all the, the fan areas and all the colors and fireworks, so I think it's mostly yeah. about the immersion of the experience of the, of the race, not just the racing yeah. itself. So there's two editions of the game. You've got the, the NASCAR 21 Ignition Standard Edition, and that's in the UK. That's forty six pounds forty nine pence. It's a bit weird how there's a forty nine pence there. That's uh, <laughs> um, or you can pre purchase the Champions Edition, and uh, that would you believe is sixty nine ninety nine. So not exactly a cheap game. But then that's what we're seeing this day and age. Games are even if they're download, they get a little bit more expensive. I'm finding. Um, oh, yeah, like yeah, I say, yeah. that's going to be coming <clears throat> to you on the 28th of October. But I don't know about console releases. I'm guessing that's going to be the same. So, Remember, um, guys, the good old times when uh, being a 
PC player was uh, <laughs> was cheaper than being a console players because our titles were just you know 40 euros or 40 pounds uh, yeah pounds so right now we have the same prices of console titles so <laughs> unfortunately those times are over yeah but I generally find though PC games come down in price a little bit quicker for me especially yeah you know, on the likes of uh, Steam and the other platform that the name escapes me um but yeah and the other one there's a couple that i buy games from and i can anyone i can anyone i can think about right now is steam but yeah and also uh, pc games have a bigger indie market as well so you tend to find a more variety of games at, uh, at a smaller price point um too uh so but it's a bit of a risk buying those games because they're not necessarily from uh you know, well-known publishers, but actually some of the games out there, which we'll get on to, um, the game that I've discovered recently, uh, is actually quite good fun. So, and again, you know, it's not it's not necessarily all about proper sim racing. So I'm, I'm allowed to have fun. So there we go. Right. Okay. So that is NASCAR 21 Ignition done and dusted. Let us know your thoughts. Send us a tweet at race department or let, send us a pigeon if you so let choose. us know if you're gonna bite also yeah yeah what's getting you what's getting you excited about it um you know the prospect of driving someone into the wall perhaps uh, who knows right okay moving on so aceto corsa a game that is forever going to be held in our sim racing hearts. Uh, there you go. Right, moving on. No, only joking. Um, so Kunos, uh, as we all know, have been working very hard on ACC of late. But there are a lot of rumours at the moment around AC2. And I think we touched a little bit on that in the previous podcast. So do by all means go and have a listen. Um but they have done something which I don't think many people expected. But to be honest, I can kind of understand it. I haven't had a go with it yet, and I, and I don't know if either the other two have. But they basically announced Assetto Corsa mobile version. So, um, Davide, have you gone onto the App Store and bought this yet? Uh, no, but uh, for the very simple reason that I'm not uh, a very mobile player. <laughs> I've just uh, played, I think, a couple of mobile titles in all my life. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't really play on uh, whether it is on my phone or on my tablet. Uh, uh, I do most of my uh, playing uh, on PC or back in the day also on consoles. But um, I've been looking uh, uh, for uh, reviews about this title. Uh, the one uh, we've had on race department from Mike, uh, of course, but also I've seen a couple ones from um, other uh, renowned websites. Uh, just because, you know, I wanted to uh, read as many opinions as possible about uh, this game because I was very interested to, uh, you know, to understand what it was. Uh, because we all know that, uh, you know, Assetto Corsa stands for uh, uh, pure simulations, simulation, we could say, yeah, to, to synthesize. So, of course, uh, such a game on mobile, uh, you know, it raised uh, a couple eyebrows, I think. 
But uh, from the reviews uh, from from Mike here on race department, but also as I said from uh, uh, from other places, uh, I've read that. Uh, even though it is a mobile game, the physics are uh, are good. I mean, they are different from every other racing title available on mobile. Uh, so I'm quite impressed that uh, you know it's. Uh, I think that it is important to send to set new trends. Uh, uh, Assetto Corsa originally did uh, uh, back in the day, and now uh, on mobile uh, they they've done it again. And uh, just to conclude, because Paul says that uh, I talk too much, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, of course, as we were saying before, not every racing game needs to be a pure hardcore simulation, but uh, to see uh, on mobile some titles that get, uh, you know, more focused on the uh, sim experience uh, as much as, as possible, but, you know, these new devices uh, have, are very capable uh, on the processing side, so it's not a problem as it may have been in the past. It's uh, it's interesting because it adds uh, variety, diversity, and that's the fuel of life, as Danny can confirm by his uh, adventures around the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have jumped on the you know negative bandwagon of releasing a mobile game, and of course, Danny. You know, it's not the same as sitting there in a PC and uh, with, um, you know, with your wheel and your pedals. But on the flip side, if you want a quick race on your train journey or your commute to work or whatever, or if the, the kid's in with the dentist and you're bored in the waiting room, whatever it, whatever it may be, where's the harm? There really isn't any. No, and I mean, uh, not everybody has access to a wheel and not, ev not even everybody is interested in having a wheel. As we know, David just sticks to his gamepad, for example. But uh, other people might not even have a PC or like a console. And if they all they can use is their parents' iPad, then if they can get a... Just like we said so many times, many of us started the sim racing journey by playing Gran Turismo on the computer, on the PlayStation, or maybe Grand Prix 1 or 2 in the computer or Indy 500. Maybe kids these days, they're probably starting by playing AC on their parents' iPad. For example, because it's a bit cheaper, just oh, let me check out this game and oh, it looks good. It's quite hard. I want the challenge, so let me check out this AC for the computer or the console. So it's it's definitely both a stepping stone for maybe young a younger audience or for the, the enthusiasts that just want to yeah enjoy it more casually. And uh, and yeah, I mean yeah, definitely no harm as you said. I mean it's not for me. I'm not gonna buy it because I'm I'm not interested personally. But I'm I'm sure there's definitely a good market for it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Mobile games is a huge market these days. And yep, I think yep. it just makes financial sense just to branch out Definitely. into that. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to dilute the, the PC no, versions that come out not in the future, all. does it? No, no, no. I mean, it's. I would say it's almost distinctive markets. It's. I'm, I would say that almost nobody will buy one and not the other because as in, oh, I have AC for the computer, I'm not going to buy the app version or, oh, I have AC on the app version, I'm not going to buy the computer one, but those people will never be the same. I think there's a pool of uh, consumers that will go towards the, the app version and there's a pool of users already in the PC version or the console versions. And they, I'm almost sure that none of them actually, uh, how to say, not intersect, yeah, intersect, I guess, 
I think it's yeah, just diff- yeah, different, that's a good, that's different the right customers. Word, yeah. So I don't think it's going to take away customers. from. I think they're just incre- increasing their gross uh, both sales and also uh, number of customers. So it's it's a, a very good yeah. move, really. When 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 this when this was announced, I mean, I can kind of see the business sense, but it, it's just the snobbery sometimes that Sim Racer seems to have, and kind of to your point, Danny. And I think we've touched on it time and time again, and we do tend to repeat ourselves on here. Is we all started somewhere, you know, and we all have fond memories of the, of arcade races, and and that kind of is the start of the drug, you know. That's the the start of sim racing going into your veins, um, and then suddenly you need the harder stuff and. It's a bit like having a drug habit. Wait, well, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's actually true. No it's, point, uh, you know. Yeah, it's all in the brain, and it's uh, it's good, especially when exactly. you get a good race and a good battle. It does give you a, a kick. So yeah, it's it is a yeah. And I have played I have played racing games by using uh, the tilt functionality, the gyro in an iPhone, and 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 it's it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's not not all negative. What I do find interesting though is it's only available on iOS, no Android version. Mm, yeah, I'm actually quite surprised by that. But um, yeah, because you know, Android's generally a, a very popular uh, gaming platform. But while we're talking about Assetto Corsa, a, a further announcement that came out from Kunos uh, regarding the game, and it was the announcement was made on August 27th, uh, around you know the same day actually as the mobile version, uh, that they're bringing the next gen upgrade on February the 24th, 2022. So those who have a PlayStation 5 like myself or an Xbox Series X or S will be able to get 60 frames per second, 4K and free 2021 liveries updates and free private lobbies. So there is a free next-gen upgrade. So anybody that pre-orders it, I'm guessing it already has the game, will get the upgrade. A lot of developers have been doing this with their games uh, or, you know, you have to pay a small fee to upgrade them so um following following the disappointment david day of the release on the playstation 4 and the xbox one we're hoping for smoother times this with with these beasts of consoles that are now available hopefully hopefully because uh the console players at least from what i see uh with the comment section uh not only on race department, but also on Facebook and other platforms, uh, are still not very happy with the title and how it runs uh, on consoles. Uh, so hopefully it will. The thing I find uh, uh, funny in a way is that, uh, uh, you know, as you were saying, uh, many titles are uh, uh, doing the upgrade for the next gen consoles or gen 9 consoles with the 4K resolution support, uh, 60 FPS, uh, or even sometimes 120, 144, and um, ray tracing. And uh, ACC, which was uh, one of the titles pioneering (laughs) ray tracing uh, back when it was a very new technology presented from NVIDIA, uh, has never supported it, and and it's not going to support it in the upgraded version. So kind of, you know, Kind of a funny story. Would like to understand <laughs> what's happened with uh, you know all of these titles uh, supporting now ray tracing and ACC, which technically should have some bit of code inside, not doing it. So uh, I want to add just a very quick thing um, 
about the AC, AC mobile uh, version um, that uh, you know you Paul were saying that uh, we all start somewhere so maybe uh, some people will start with AC mobile and then uh, upgrade to uh, more uh, uh, sim semi versions of, ti of titles not only from the AC franchise but maybe also from others but uh, one thing that um, is also, you know, uh, a repercussion of titles like uh, AC Mo on mobile, is that uh, it allows the company uh, to, uh, said in a very roughly way, make more money. But what does that mean is that uh, they're going to be able, with this more money, to invest more money <laughs> in things that uh, you may uh, then play in uh, ACC in a form of a new DLC of a new license or in AC2 uh, under the form maybe of a new technology. So maybe AC Mobile, uh, uh, mobile doesn't, uh, doesn't make it for you, uh, doesn't cut for you, uh, you have no interest in it, but uh, it's still something you should celebrate and uh, hope that uh, it has success like it is uh, it is because uh, you may be enjoy <laughs> or reap its fruits uh, in uh, in another form just when uh, just like when uh, the original AC came to consoles many people were complaining that uh, you know it were uh, they feared that uh, it could be an harmful uh, uh, move uh, Uh, from for the simulation aspects of uh, AC on PC, but instead the only uh, repercussions were positive. Like for example, uh, they uh, did update all of the tracks, uh, uh, textures, and in some uh, uh, situations also polygons. Uh, you know, 3D models. Uh, you know, because they were making the the console version. So. You know, we have to always remember to keep an open mind and. Uh, If uh, your developer of choice, <laughs> whether it is Kunos or uh, Studios 397 or uh, uh, Sector 3 or uh, whatever, is making uh, uh, you know, a venture into a new market, uh, it might very, very well be uh, something that it's only going to produce uh, you know, good and positive uh, um, I keep saying repercussions because I, I can't remember the other word <laughs> for, uh, you know, something that happens uh, because uh, consequences is also another... Uh, um, yeah, they tend to be quite negative words though, but you, you're trying to sell this in a positive light. Yeah, yeah, you? exactly. You know, but, but I keep coming with the with just the uh, negative word, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean it in a positive way. So, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. maybe your developer, as I said, is venturing into new markets and uh, new... Uh, drop, yeah, to give them more financial clout to be able to do, yeah, be able but to do more. It's going gonna, it's gonna, um, to uh, most likely uh, be something that you're going to enjoy in a way or another. As I said, maybe in the form of a new license or a new technology, something that uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have been possible without you know, the... Uh, money earned from uh, you know something like the same title on consoles or uh, another form of the title on a mobile platform. So indeed, okay, all right. Well, I think we've uh, we've done that one. Yep. Now let's move on to the next topic.
Now, 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 Fanatec. Uh, they've been busy the last few months. And as you'll remember, earlier in the year, they announced for pre-order the CSL DD base, which is a smaller version of the DD1 and the DD2. Um, but yeah, all great stuff. And it started being delivered a couple of weeks ago now. And some people that I race with have got hold of them. Some of them had some issues fitting them to their rigs and so forth. But generally... I think, Danny, the, the feedback has been a positive one initially. Uh, I must say I've been a bit out of the loop, as in I haven't seen what people have said, but um, it's, well, it's it's comforting to know because it's, uh, since it's a very, I mean, for that price, uh, we've talked about this before in previous episodes, they had to cut costs somewhere to make a direct drive wheel that appealing in terms of price. So it's good to know that it's, it hasn't been a disaster. It's been, of course, they've done extensive testing, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, it's good to know that it's it's out and it's working and people are enjoying it. And now my uh, my curiosity just lies on whether the people that I've bought the, that have bought the, this CSLDD wheel, whether they'll get past this um, the wow feeling of wow, is that I drive wheel quite quickly and then realize either well. My previous wheel also was good enough in case they had a CSW 2.5 or, ah, this TD wheel is great, but I wish it was just a little bit stronger. So, um, I don't know. So some of the some of the comments that I've seen that uh, there was a guy that posted, I think it was on Reddit, and he had a 2.5 and he said the biggest thing was the no noise. Hmm. So, you know, because sometimes when you go over bumps, like the CSW can be a little bit noisy, but I wear headphones, so I generally don't don't hear it. True. Uh, and also people have commented about how cool it is, even after like an hour or so's use, uh, because the CSW, the fans kick on quite a bit for me, even half an hour the other day, and I can hear them over my headphones. Wow, really? Um, okay. And that's, I think that's the, one of the, the the two biggest observations that I've seen on the difference. Uh, regarding power, yeah, people have said it's it's pretty similar to the CSW 2.5, so if the noise and the heat doesn't bother you, isn't is it an upgrade? But also people have said that the way that it delivers the power is slightly... Better, I think. I think it's hard to describe. I mean, I think you know, on the last podcast that we did before our break, I think I said, you know, for me to know whether it's worth to upgrade, I can't rely on someone else's review. No, you have to try yourself. Uh, Dam- Damien for race department did a review on our YouTube channel, so do go and check that out. Um, and there are obviously other sources available as well. But I'm obviously gonna gonna tell you to go and watch, you know, race department, search race department on YouTube, and you will find it. There's also an article at racedepartment.com. Um, you know, it, it. I think what they have achieved is fantastic. Some potential design flaws, like the but the power buttons being on the front, perhaps. But then again, you know, actually, yeah, I've heard about the that power though. button. Yeah. The power button on the CSW is on the front, but it's kind of like, you know, it's in the middle of the. It's kind of it's not at the corner, so it's not something you would necessarily not. But then. You know, I'm not sure how regularly that's actually going to happen. Is it a problem? It, I'm not yeah, sure. It depends. It depends on the environment and the situation. But uh, the, yeah, exactly. Depending on the the situation or the race, just the, that happening the one time can be enough for it to be a disaster. You know. So it's yeah. It's actually I'm yeah. a bit surprised that they overlooked this. Uh, I mean, of course, maybe it's 
nicer in terms of uh, aesthetics and appeal, but pressing in the heat of the moment, but pressing the wrong button. Maybe if the button, button was indented, so you've got to go in, you know, like a... Yeah, or even if it had like a mean? cover like switch, like those uh, Jet Fighter yeah, ones would yeah. have been maybe... Yeah, well, no, just so it's like it's it's set in the frame a little bit more. Yeah, so you so, But I mean, it's still. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good looking base though. I mean, and also the pictures that I've seen of it opened up. I mean, the work and the detail that's gone into it, I think, is rather um, rather impressive. Um, David, have you been keeping tabs on people's opinions and feedback on the CSL DD? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I was very interested in the topic. So, is this is like a genuine question? Is it is this something that would potentially make you go and buy and move away from the controller? Oh yeah, yeah. Having the possibility, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that I've said it in a, a previous podcast that uh, for me, from my point of view. Uh, yeah, if I was to think of uh, going for uh, going again for a wheel, uh, yeah, I would uh, just buy this one and not bother, you know, with uh, uh, with uh, belts and gears and uh, you know the previous technologies. I will definitely go for this one, even if it's just the five newton meters. I mean, coming from a gamepad. There is uh, still uh, a lot, so not a problem. And I think that, you know, uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm not the only one in this position. So uh, a lot of people uh, will probably think the same. So uh, it's a very interesting product. I was interested before and I'm even more interested now as uh, I w read the uh, various reviews, the one on race department, uh, and uh, there have been quite a lot. The one from Gamer Muscle, uh, there was a couple more that I watched, and uh, you know, I've seen only positive uh, positive reviews so far. You know, couple of couple hiccups here and there uh, mentioned from the different reviewers, but. Uh, no, nothing that was a real uh, hindrance or a problem uh, uh, to the product itself. So, again, very, very interested, and I'm sure many people in uh, same or similar position to mine are too. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I think, you know, uh, it's just nice to see kind of positivity around it rather than when there's been product lunches, lunches? <laughs> yeah, oh, I think I've got food on the brain. Product launches before, there's, it tends to be like a kind of tinge with regret or uh, disappointment. And, and it's nice to see a product being well received. Now, that's not to say that they haven't, I have seen people that have had some issues with their bases. And when you mass produce a product like this, it is going to happen. And when you do go and buy a product first, like when I got the PlayStation 5, I was, you know, I was early on that, there are going to be some software bugs or whatever it whatever it may be. I know there were some issues with to do with um, uh, gears, I think, with some uh, kind of sequential gear shifters, I think it was, if my memory serves me right. Uh, and they released some kind of firmware update. So... You know, with 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 the release of the CSL DD, there were some beta firmware 
update for the drivers even or firmware drivers whatever word you want to use and there was also a, a recently a new release of the Fanalab app as well for you those of you who don't know the Fanalab is you know a way you can control different profiles for the games and if you've got a wheel that has you know leds that that light up and can change color like i do on the porsche wheel you can configure those and sort out how you know what color the rev counter is and and so forth so um, to be honest with you, I still struggle using it. It's, it doesn't seem to be a very helpful guide out there anywhere. So if anybody wants to give you some tips on how to use it properly, do please reach out. Um, but I have to say, uh, kind of putting the CSL DD to one side a moment, Fanatec for me, it, it you know, a year ago, the way their software updates and things were happening, be, you know, behind the scenes were really clunky. And I still find it a bit weird how they don't seem to manage their updates particularly well. You know, they you go on the, the forum to find the latest driver for your device, but then when you go and look at the website, the, the version numbers are way apart. And I don't know why that is. Um, maybe someone at Fanatec can help us understand that one day. But all of that aside, I'm getting more impressed with the way their firmware updates are happening. So... For, you, for those of you who don't know, because I've got the Club Sport Porsche wheel, it comes with the Xbox um, oh, bit. I forget what it's called now. And it, what happens is when you do a firmware upgrade on it, it automatically resets to Xbox mode. So what happens is the light on the CSW will go green rather than red. So when it's green, it's in Xbox mode. When it's in PC mode, it's in red. And every time I do a firmware update, I have to go onto Google and go, how do I switch this back to X to PC mode? Because I can't remember. Because I do it maybe once every few months. But now, as part of the process, when you do the upgrade, and because it knows it's it's gonna go back to Xbox mode, it now has a prompt and comes up and tells you which two buttons to press to um to set it back to PC mode. So I no longer have to go searching Google every time. But and then it upgraded the base, it upgraded the V2 formula rim, because it said if you've got any more rims to up or wheels to upgrade, plug it in now, we'll do that as well. It did my pedals, and it's just a much better, smoother experience. So um, credit where credit is due, they are making some progress in that area, because I think they've always been great with the hardware, um, but the software side of things for me, has been lacking. And I think Fanalab um, still needs some work, some tinkering, and I think there could be a bit more functionality added to it that would make it even better. But they are heading in the right direction. And I know we touched on this in the last podcast, Danny, but there is such a gap between the CSL DD and the DD1 that there is, there's got to be something coming. There has to be. Well, it, there kind of already is, isn't it? If you have this booster kit that in my mind costs stupid money, but again, it's a great way of them making business. That boosts, well, that allows your motor to, I guess, uh, reach peak torque for a longer period of time than just uh, the rate. Yeah, but it's only, that's matching the CSW 2.5. It's not anything stronger. Yeah, it's it's plenty though. Let's see, eight Newton meters. Let me just quickly have a think. Boom, uh, boom. It's, yeah, it's okay. It's, it can simulate properly an IndyCar or uh, like um, a radical or any like downforce car with no power steering yet, yeah, sure. But 
at the end of the day, you do it a few times and uh, then you don't really, you can't be, you're not faster if you have realistic uh, strength like on the force feedback because it just wears you out more. So you're, you just get more tired sooner. So you're become you're becoming slower. So unless you just want to be realistic and that's it, you're not going to get any faster by having a stronger wheel than eight, 10 Newton meters of torque. So it, the boost might help, but it's not like they need uh, more. And I, I don't think many people use their DD1s and DD2s at the max torque because unless they're, I don't know, professional racing drivers, then they, they have the, the fitness for it. But um, for the general consumer, it's it's actually enough, I would say, for the for gaming, for casual gaming, and like let's say let's call it semi-serious sim racing, like you and I do. It's it's enough, actually. Okay, I still think they're they're going to slot something in there. Uh, they might, they gap. might, they There's might big... try to fill it, but I don't know if it's actually yeah. going to be as successful. I think it might be the least successful range. Uh, well, unless the DD, what, the podiums continue you, to be. You know like, I can't buy it, right? You'd know I can't buy it. You? Yeah. Then yeah. Then that's well. If Fanatec are hearing, <laughs> they they're gonna make that market just just so that you can buy it. Just for me. Yeah. Yep, just yep. for me. It's gonna be called the poll segment of the market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. And they're gonna yeah, put a nice think, round think... number on their firmware update for that wheel, so that you can be happy as well. Yes, yes. I, 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 you just mentioned the boost kit. Actually, there was quite a bit of talk when people started getting those that it's the same power supply that Fanatec have used before, but just with a different bit on the end, a different plug. But I think also other people have noted actually it was more to it than that. The cable was thicker because then it can carry more ampage. Um, but uh, if you're yeah. electric savvy enough. And you've and the rating of the power supplies, like in terms of amps and voltage, is the same as a, a previous Fanatec one. Then you can just, like, of course you lose warranty if it's still, if there is still some on it. But you could just easily cut and rewire a, a cable, and uh, there you go. Yeah. Free, free power, free booster kit, basically. Sorry, if Danny, offering a free hacking. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Fanatec. <laughs> Next episode, how to hack your console to play Do you know, it's funny you should mention about hacking consoles. There's a podcast that I started listening to recently, going completely off tangent for a moment. Obviously, you must remember the days where people used to hack PlayStations and Xboxes, because oh, when yes. the Xbox came out, the original Xbox, people started running Linux on it. Or No, actually, that was the PlayStation 3, wasn't it? PlayStation 3 could run Linux on it, but then Sony put a stop to that for whatever reason. But people always find a reason that when the PSP came out, people started hacking that. And I know that people have hacked switches and whatnot that you're not supposed to. Anyway, there's a podcast that I've listened to called The Darknet Diaries. And there was an episode where they talked to a guy that was part of a team that cracked the code. Um, it is... For our factors to UI. No, no. no. I basically just uh, rain model, no? No, oh, no. It's not gonna they be basically easy. hacked it so you could play any game they wanted. Um, so, And it was genuinely really interesting because you know, about how they managed to get into Microsoft Network and all sorts. Anyway, 
just run off a tangent. It, like I said, the podcast is called Dynamite Diaries, and the it's um, the episode was out in August 2019, so I'm a little bit late to it. Uh, but it's called Xbox Underground. There's part one and there's part two, and they're both about an hour and a half long. So I genuinely highly recommend it. Really interesting stuff. So that, I'm not saying you have to listen to every episode. Just listen to those two. You will not regret it. And let's be honest, I don't recommend rubbish. So it's a good, you know, if I recommend it, you know, it's going to be good. Okay. All right. Any, any final words on the CSL DDD? DDD? Not here. No? Okay. I'm not going to be a customer. So yeah, I'm just. Yeah, that, that's it for me, really. I'm, I'll spectate from the side what happens to the market and the users. <laughs> the Danny, the silent watcher, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> what? Uh, we... uh, I'm uh, I'm happy as uh, as I've said um, quite vocally in previous podcast. Uh, you know that such a product uh, has finally uh, come to the market because uh, sim racing was getting to the point where uh, hardware was getting uh, more and more expensive. You know. Uh, we have a new wheel, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it costs more than the previous one. New pedals, uh, uh, new shifters, but uh, they were rising and rising in cost uh, to the point where, you know, premium uh, s stuff and uh, gear was getting uh, really to insane price points. And uh, this one, even if it's, uh, you know, branded as a you know, as an entry-level wheel, it's still a DD wheel, and uh, finally at an affordable price. So, I hope that uh, again, as we were saying for <laughs> AC Mobile, uh, it sets a new trend uh, for manufacturers. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in mobiles, mate. So, um, yeah, that's not that's not happening. What? It doesn't matter. The joke obviously went over your head. <laughs> no, I it's didn't fine. get it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Uh, so before we move on, we were talking about talking about Fanatip, but I think it is just worth just pointing out that following the availability of the CSL DD, Thrustmaster came out and said, hey, dear passionate communities, we are truly grateful for the support and interest you are showing by regularly asking for the news of our upcoming projects. We know that many of you are wondering about our product roadmap for this semester, and we couldn't be happier about it. Basically, they have announced that they are gonna do a direct drive wheel. There's other stuff in there, of course, like a new flying joystick bundle for the PC and so forth, but Thrustmaster are, look like they're gonna be answering the fans and releasing a direct drive racing wheel danny just give us a few words on that your thoughts uh it's about time and also uh, just for the from the way the announcement looks like just a white text on uh on a black background like very simple announcement it just i might be totally wrong and this is just my my opinion and feeling but i had a feeling that it this announcement came out of uh almost like a a necessity, like as in they were desperate and they had to at least say something now to not be like totally left in the dust by Thrustmaster. That's a feel. Of course, their market is not just sim racing wheels, they have a lot of other products uh, for other like um, hobbies, so not just, uh, I mean, headsets, other types of joysticks. But anyway, about the wheel, it was, it almost felt like, yeah, they just released their TGT2 
and that's like it's almost like yesterday's technology nowadays that kind of wheel and it's it was quite pricey for what it was so i i felt like they almost made that announcement out of necessity for of not being left behind and I, th- I think you're right. That's a really that's a really good observation, Danny. I think you're right. Yeah, I think the noise is kind of like you know the the uh, the the people calling for the queen or king's head, and they're having to come out and do a speech and kind of just kind of quieten the crowd. Yeah, not that dramatic, bit, but so. yeah, it's I guess in nowadays All nowadays right, okay. market. I, thought, I, thought, I, I quite like my analogy <laughs> there, but you just yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah. I said a few words, so you know, hush now. <laughs> uh, David Dakes, I mean, I know you find it hard to stick with just did a few words, but um, do you want to try? No. <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh, I was th- trying just to to scare you that I'm not going to talk anymore because I know that you enjoy my long speeches and discussions. So. Yeah, I enjoy it when you, you, you just say pre- link it in. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now I'm gonna. When you're gonna say assetto corsa or other Italian <laughs> words, I'm gonna say, oh, what, what a nice pronunciation. I know I butcher, listen, I butcher things all the time. I, I, I acknowledge that and I live it, and that's just the way I am, and I deal with it. But it will <laughs> forever will be in my head. Link it in. Love it. Yeah, we Italians say it that way, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Danny that uh, I also got the impression that uh, it was an announcement uh, born out of necessity, which uh, makes it interesting for me because I'm um, curious to see um, with which motor they're going to go uh, at this point. Because if it is actually, as we think, uh, something born out of necessity, it means that you know, they have been hiring uh, left and right to find a suitable motor price and uh, power and all the, all of that stuff to compete with the CSLDD. So I'm quite curious to see when they are going to announce it, which motor is going to rock under the hood. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I mean, like you say, we to see what they actually go with and They've also announced that this hybrid driving racing wheel bundle for the play, for the PC, PS5, and PS4 as well. So, and will it be as competitively priced as the CSL DD? But let's not forget that's just a, when you buy the CSL DD, that's just the price of the base. Normally, when you buy Thrustmaster, it's a base and wheel and pedal combo. So it's not always a fair um, reflection. But again. That's everything. There's no mention of the pedals there at all, are there? So let's, you know, let's see what Thrustmaster come up with. But like you both just said, it does appear that they are reacting. And to get a huge, you know, organization like Thrustmaster to come out and react says a lot about um, the noise that was being created. Okay, so that's a CSL DD. We just ended, just covered off a little bit about Thrustmaster there as well. Let's move on. So, I, uh, before we record uh, every episode, I send the guys you know, a few links to topics that I think we should be discussing, and they never disagree with me, which is always very nice of them. But 
one of the, the topics I sent them, the, the, I don't know if any, either of them have checked it out, so this will be telling, won't it? Because I have. Is I came across a little game called so Circuit Superstars, and there was a big um, thing made about Art of Rally quite recently, you know, the, the simple kind of retro-looking game, and it looked beautiful, and it was a top-down game, a bit like the old um, Micro Machines games of, of old, if if those of you who are my age will, will remember those games. Um, but this game is very similar in kind of style, I guess. It's made by, it's made by um, Square Enix, I believe, and it is... Oh, actually, that's wrong. It's not by Square Enix at all. Um, but uh, that's just the, the video that I've got up in front of me. And that's the name of the... Their, uh, so it's called Circuit Superstars. And I'm trying to find the developer's name. I'm it's, been, the... uh, it's been uh, developed by Original Fire Games and published by Square Enix. Square Enix. There we go. Right. That's it. Thank you. Um, I, I couldn't find it on Steam. I've got it in my library there. Uh, so it's a top-down game. And basically what I can work out is... It is just a you know a little top-down game. You get different circuits. They you can start off in uh, some GT-like cars. They look like Porsche GT Carreras to me. And then you've got these Formula One cars. Uh, and there's like a like a small just generic car as well. And um, and they're the only three types of cars available at the moment because it's in it's in early early release on um, on Steam. I think it's priced at twelve ninety nine. I've bought it, I've been playing it, and I gotta say, it's actually quite good fun. Have either of you take Danny, have you had a look at this yet? I um I saw the like the trailer and some gameplay, but so I don't get it. Do you actually drive or do you just do like the the race? No, you drive. Oh, you drive as well. So not just like the strategy yeah. and stuff, but you're actually driving as well. That's cool. No, no, well there is a bit of strategy involved because you actually do get tire wear on the longer races and you get damage as well if you hit the walls and if you hit other cars and there's also fuel usage as well so do you use like what the keyboard or what do you use i use the xbox controller ah, cool okay and then and, and i do i just you know it's not like realistic in the sense that you know the cars are a little bit slidey and so it looks you, like they're you, drifting you know, the whole you're time. basically power sliding yeah. right on. but i'm still trying to get the That's apex fun, and so forth <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great fun. It really is. I mean, I've only done it on the easy level, and I'm about two, two to three seconds a lap quicker than the the AI at the moment. I haven't had a go at ch ch you know increasing the difficulty just yet. This, but this what I like is the animations when you go into the pit. So you've got a little team of people. You've got to park your car in there. But the only thing is, is that because the teams are so packed, so closely packed together, you basically drive into the other teams, and the little their little team disperses. You park in your just box, like on ACC, and then <laughs> yeah, and then and then your little people run to the car, do their bit, and off you go. And it's really you carry this on. This reminds me of a, I guess this, I well kudos to those in a listening to a, this podcast that will remember a game called G Rally. This might be quite obscure. I don't know if any of you do know it. I've heard of it. I've never played. It's basically it. this, but like with the late nineties graphics but it had various cars, a lot of tracks, and the cars would power slide more or less around the corners like this as well. And then you had, you didn't have like mechanics, you had like dots, they were just dots literally coming to fix your right, car. And okay. your, so it was very rudimental in terms of graphics, but the physics looked 
pretty similar to this. And it was also like a top-down uh, game, but it was like a, like a, the whole track was on the screen, so you, you, the camera didn't have to move. You just see the whole track. But it was very similar and a lot of fun. I like I had a lot of fun playing hours of it. So yeah, it's uh, this is a like a, a modern version of it. It's looking quite cool. Yeah, like I say, there's only three times. I mean, I, I bought it on the 31st of August and played it immediately. Like I say, it's an early access game and it's priced at $12.99. And they did release a major update last uh, halfway through August. But they've also released um, prototypes. So, you know, like LMP Type 1 type cars into the game. Uh, and I know there's also trucks as well and they've they're adding i think like a um rally cross type tracks as well and cars to it um what's actually impressed me the most about it david day is it looks vibrant it looks amazing but even the sounds are decent like when you go over the rumble strips you feel like you're going over the rumble strips and that's i think uh, the key for success because uh, every game especially uh, games with uh, with cars need to have a very very good sound department because uh, you know I would say eighty percent of the of a car experience or racing experience is the sounds. Whoever has gone to a racetrack to see a race uh, knows it. So uh, having proper sounds to your cars uh, is gonna infinitely add to the experience and the enjoyability uh, of the game and so make you even more engaged so uh, they've done well the developers to uh, be careful of this uh, of this aspect that uh, you know the sound department uh, tends to be overlooked many times uh, probably because uh, at the origins uh, of games uh, sounds uh, were, uh, were non-existent or uh, very simple bits. <laughs> we all remember the DOS games and uh, the other very early games for consoles. So um, developers have always uh, cared more about graphics than sounds. But uh, I will dare to say, as I've said in a couple of articles I've written in the past, that uh, for me, sounds are more important just while a bike roars in my background very important yeah I, <laughs> the perfect I timing I, I actually thought that was a, that was maybe me playing a sound in the background by accident but, <laughs> um, that caught me off a little bit uh, it, it, it it honestly i mean at the moment there isn't there, it needs a bit more depth it, it needs a bit a bit more content and i started because i started doing the tracks i you know got to learn the tracks and then when i got to race them again in the different cars but you know, when you're driving the different cars, it feels like you're driving a different car. I think they're also still got re they're releasing to still to come. You know, retro Formula One cars. You know, not not one with a rear wing, for instance. But what's really good to see is that all the reviews are very positive on generally on um, on Steam. I mean, I can see here there's one that's not recommended it, but. Generally, most of the reviews are positive, and and it's just nice to see something a little bit different. And you know, if you're looking for something just to have a bit of fun and not stress over and and so forth, then this may be the game for you. So um, 
you know, I, I, I've been meaning to check out Art of Rally. I know that's been out a little while now and it's it's had some some new DLC quite recently. That, it's uh, good fun, that game. Uh, yeah, you've got it, have you? Yeah, it's, uh, I tried it like a while ago already. And it's, I actually haven't touched it much, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's similar. And it, and it also, the, actually, the the graphics remind me of this game that I mentioned earlier. And uh, sorry, it's not G-Rally, it was uh, Gen Rally or Gene Rally. That was the name of the of the game. It's like, yeah, the Art of Rally game reminds me of that because it's just very, very simple tracks and grass on the side. So, but yeah, it's definitely worth, it's one of those games that you can easily chill with 10, 15 minutes, just have a little drive around, no pressure or, yeah, it's, they're good, relaxing racing games, let's say. Oh yeah, top down, okay, yeah, yeah, I've just, I've not, I've not heard of that one, I heard of G-Rally and I was a bit confused. Yeah, no, G-Rally was a oh, well, no, rally game that yeah. didn't really get off the ground, <laughs> oh, well, it's some uh, indie project that is still somewhere in some state, but yeah, Gene Rally was, yeah, so I, I remember rally, playing it yeah. in during the break uh, at school and high school, so this was 2005, 2006, so that's how old it is. It's probably older than yeah, that. It hasn't been updated for a while. The last update's in 2018 for it. So. That well, that's quite recent yeah. for me. I didn't know, but yeah, it's a, it's a good fun game, and it's <laughs> I'm I, I'm pretty sure it fits in a couple of um, floppy disks. <laughs> it's that simple. So yeah, it's and it's surely free out there in the interwebs as well. Yeah, it's it's tiny. It's good, man. It's I've it's, literally just grabbed it's it. Good. It's 1.68 meg. <laughs> Almost. In a floppy disk, yeah, oh. almost. Oh. <laughs> uh, 1.68 meg, so um, teeny, yeah. It's old school. I wonder if they'll play on a widescreen, winky wink. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Just a, a quick note, something to observe. The the new um, WRC 10 is out today. Oh, is it today? So, uh, I've seen go. the trailer, it's... And the sounds again. Yeah, I know are, that. Well, we've, there's a, well, I think it's today because um, I know that I've seen that Jimmy Broadbent's been streaming it, playing it, and also there's a review now from Mike Smith up on uh, racedepartment.com. So do go and check that out. Well, that's that's the main topics done, guys. That's it. We're done under two hours. No way. Yeah, nice. I think. Well, I think so. A um, couple of things. To, to mention just a couple of things um, I mentioned at the start of the podcast I took part in a 10 hour endurance race at Silverstone yes tell us more tell us more uh, actually I'm quite interested in this oh do you know do you know what so I mean when you go on the when you go on the practice server and you see drivers doing Silverstone in 155s you're like ouch and I and I and I'd be lucky to do a 159. You know, well, I'm looking to do this a is a whole one, so yeah. new whole new level. Oh. So I was doing practice and I was struggling, and I did a bit more practice, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, I could do mid 159s. Didn't even get you in near that in the race. Oh, actually, no, I did it once. I did a 1598 once, and then the rest were all in two minutes. What were you so driving? I was just uh, Aston Martin mm -hmm. V8. That's all I drive yeah. generally, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was consistent. I had I had one moment because what distracted me is what Jimmy Broadbent's teammate came out, Jan came out in front of me, and I was like, "Oh, Jimmy Broadbent's car!" Next thing I know, uh, through maggots and Beckett's, I hit too much curb, spun the car into the grass, kept it out of the wall, <laughs> fortunately, 
and <laughs> managed to keep up, uh, get get going again. But yeah, it was really great. I mean, I think the the, the thing with that was uh, it was hosted by by SGP um, on the new um, uh, you know team management system they've got now, which is great. You can sign up a team, and you can you have to nominate your driver one because that you know as good old ACC that driver has to join first always. The other drivers can join any order they so choose, but you can manage a team and you can create a team on an event and you can give it a password. And then when you when you want people to join that team, you share that password with those people and they can join your team. Fantastic! It's really easy. It does all the entry list and everything else for you. It takes away all the admin. And there are so many great communities now on SGP. Um, so it was like a celebration of that. There were mem- teams with different communities. There were teams that had to qualify just to take part in the event. It was just a fun event. And um, yeah, Mr. Baldwin was just on another level. Just something else. Yeah, those and guys I, are, yeah, I think something else. I was fearful about, you know, taking out somebody, you know, who might be angry at me. But fortunately, I didn't. I avoided. And actually, I was quite impressed. There was what I had um, my teammate Glenn was watching me at the time and he was impressed by the way I navigated a couple of, um, you know, let go a faster car but also didn't lose the positions of the car behind. I timed it absolutely perfectly. I think he was actually in awe, um, to be honest. As we all are in the day at everything you do, you know? Honestly, I think that it is quite sad that someone is is in awe of your ability to let people drive faster. People drive. Come on, Paul. I mean, not because of listen, listen. It's not easy. You've got to choose the right time to let that car pass without losing time, without letting a car you're racing. It is true. It is a good part of you. Yeah, racing as in yeah. Let's say you're the pro M. Well, you're the M in a pro M car, maybe or. And this happens. Uh, I was definitely not. I was definitely not a pro. Yeah. And after one hour, like a pro, that's for <laughs> sure. I did not feel like a pro. From now on, I'm gonna call Paul the blue flag man. To be honest, to be honest, we had a bit of a we had a bit of a we had a bit of a poor start. We there was a, an accident in front of us on lap one that uh, Dan, who was driving, tried to avoid, but unfortunately didn't see the other car to the left. Which, you know, I think anybody would have just turned left to avoid it, and he just clipped another car and spun and uh, and then later on he, he just didn't leave enough room for another car and uh, we got tagged and um and uh, and again we we spun but so we went so at one point we i think we qualified 28th out of 50 and we suddenly in within one lap we were last so uh, but we got back to think to 29th so not bad not bad i don't think i actually made it a, a overtake though in my in my two hours stint, but I helped with the broadcast as well. So I wasn't just racing. I was doing other things as well. So I was, I was there, I was there all day. I was there all day. But actually that's a lie. I did, I did skip off to go and watch the qualifying for the F1. So I left them to it for a bit and and to have some lunch. So yeah, fantastic. Um, Also, as we record this uh, next, actually it's this weekend is the Sim Racing Expo. So this might be out if you're there, you might be there listening to it or on your journey to the Sim Racing Expo listening to it. So have a safe trip. I was thinking about going, but um, I decided against it uh, due to money constraints and also travel restrictions and whatnot. I just, yeah, I, I haven't got time for that at the moment. And uh, another announcement is um, EA recently announced that the likes of F1 2020, Grid, and Dirt 5 
uh, all from Codemasters, now owned by EA, are going to be in EA Play. Uh, so if you are, if you have a subscription to EA Play, you can go and check out some of those. And also, just worth noting, I don't know when it ends, but F1 2021 is currently 25% off. So if you haven't bought it yet, uh, you were thinking about it, well, now is maybe a good time, or you could wait, because I'm sure it will be cheaper in the future. And as always, don't forget, you can check us out on Twitch, uh, which we had a 1,000 views, uh, viewers, like most of the time for the 10-hour stream. So thank if you watched it, Thank you very much. And thank you to Mike, um, I forget his surname, from Simply Racing for doing the actual broadcast. So he did a sterling job. The man's got three PCs to do that. Three PCs, yeah, and I've got two. So he's got one more than me. But his, his all looked a lot more um, more powerful than mine. though, Because they've got to be. When you run the custom liveries in ACC, it's you know, it takes about a year to load a replay file. So... <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so fantastic event for everybody. Like I say, that was broadcast on our Twitch, so do go and check that out. It's 10 hours long. If you've got 10 hours, mm. watch the whole thing. You know, if you're feeling poorly, you know, get some popcorn and lay there and watch that. Uh, and don't forget, we've got a YouTube channel. We've got some new content guys on board. Uh, Damien being one of them, he's been uploading uh, some videos of late. We're still awaiting the return of the one and mighty... Paul Jeffrey is on a bit of a break at the moment. So there we go. Uh, I think that's all the messages that I've got to do. Don't forget to check out our community races as always at racedepartment.com. So great way to get you get started in gym racing. Danny, any final words? Uh, I guess keep on sim racing and uh, see you next time. I don't have any sim okay. racing thing topics to discuss more at the moment but i'm sure we'll have plenty more uh after the expo hopefully i'm sure if, yeah if I'll, anything i think there might be an announcement from fanatec coming yeah, so reviews of products over there and what people have seen so yeah there'll be plenty to yeah shoot. but also there was some kind of tweet from the sim racing expo guys um kind of hinted at some kind of announcement i didn't really wasn't too sure whether it was an announcement from them or an announcement from fanatec so there we go announcement about an announcement then yeah Yes, yes, or some description. So, you know, they kind of hinted that something else was coming. Uh, David, Day, any final words from you? Oh, okay, never mind. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, no, seriously, <laughs> anything from you? <laughs> yeah, I would like to um, uh, take the chance to answer to uh, an a uh, question that I've got in the comment section of the previous uh, uh, podcast uh, related article where uh, a user uh, sorry for the noise in the background people enjoying the last days of summer before school <laughs> so um, yeah basically a new user was uh, uh, rightly confused about the fact that uh, uh, in the past uh, I've said in uh, certain uh, podcast episodes that uh, I did buy a wheel and pedal set and um then I started saying again that I was on a gamepad, so uh, everything went down uh, with the pandemic. Uh, here in Italy, we went into lockdown and quarantine. I got a bit tight on money, so uh, I had to let go of a couple of things, and one of these was the wheel and pedal set. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to send it back and 
get back full money and that was uh, you know uh, quite helpful really uh, it was a <laughs> kind of luck I needed in a bad luck period uh, well of course there was people uh, struck way more than me so I cannot complain so yeah it's uh, it, that happened so I had to revert back to my game gamepad uh, and uh, yeah this happened so if uh, if now I say again that I'm uh, uh, playing on a gamepad and a X- Xbox One controller, it's because of this, because um, I had to send back uh, my William Pedal set for this reason. So I hope that if some of you like uh, the user, uh, I can't remember his name, sorry, I'm, I'm very sorry about this, <laughs> um, forgive me. Uh, so if anyone had the same uh, confusion or doubt, uh, that is the story. So should we start a crowdfunding yeah. to get you a wheel? That could happen. No, 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 absolutely. I don't want any of that. Uh, as I said, uh, we've all been in uh, uh, in trouble because of this pandemic. Uh, the less fortunate people, uh, because they had someone or even themselves struck by this uh, horrible disease, uh, and uh, many people uh, have had economical uh, problems. Uh, uh, way more than I do, even if in our risk department staff, there is people that has been uh, struck by this. So this is some, just something that happened and, uh, you know, uh, it happened for me uh, and it was uh, light in comparison to what happened to others. So no, no pity at all. But yeah, it was Luca. It was Luca who was asking you about um, oh yeah, you're... sorry, sorry, Luca. It, it was even an Italian name, so <laughs> that says it all about how bad I am. So sorry, Luca. Luca, oh. find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, Luca. That's an inside joke. That's an inside joke between us. Could turn out into a song, couldn't you? LinkedIn, 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 ding. No, okay, just me. All right. Yeah, it's a bit. we've really, we've really, we've really scraped the barrel on content now, aren't we? Right. Brilliant. Okay. And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening to our Witterings On. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you haven't missed us too much. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Cheerio. (laughs) 